Welcome to PSQH the podcast. I'm your host Jay Kumar, editor-in-chief of PSQH. On this episode, I talk to Dr. Tim O'Connell, CEO of Intelligent, about how natural language processing is improving clinical documentation. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Dr. Tim O'Connell, CEO of Intelligent, and we're going to talk about uh, natural language processing. How you doing, uh, Tim? I'm great, thank you, Jay. Um, I'm glad to, glad to have you here, and I was wondering if we could start off by having you uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and about Intelligent. For sure. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I, I work as a radiologist, so I'm a, I'm a physician, um, and I had a previous career working in information technology as a, as a network engineer. And uh, in my work as a physician and, and informatic, informaticist, I got interested in what we could do with natural language processing software. And so back in 2014, 2015, I started working with uh, one of my now business partners. And we sort of initially started working on NLP from a research perspective, but then with a couple other guys ended up starting Intelligent when we realized sort of how badly the medical system needs natural language processing and at the sort of lack of offerings that were out there. Uh, so that was you know, we, we got pretty excited about it, and, and it's a really transformative technology that can really change and improve efficiency, quality, and safety in healthcare. And so, you know, we ended up, the next thing you know, it's, it's you know, eight years later, and, and you're running a medical NLP company sort of thing. Um, explain a little bit uh, what NLP is and sort of how it can help uh, with uh, clinical documentation and, and, I guess, healthcare in general. For sure. So, you know, the a huge majority of data produced in medical systems every day is in the form of unstructured text. And so every time a physician or a nurse practitioner sees a patient, they create a, a, a document, right? Like a, a clinic note or an encounter note. Every time a diagnostic physician like a radiologist or a pathologist evaluates a case, they produce a document. And, and all these documents are in the form of unstructured text, right? Like they'll have sentences in them, it's, it's prose. It says, you know, Tim came to see me last week with a three week history of right knee pain, that sort of thing. And, and as uh, caregivers, we need this ability to create prose. There's a lot of, of subtleties and, and a huge amount of importance in what we document about patients. And, but the problem with that is then uh, that data can only be used if read by another human, right? You can't, we don't have smart devices that that we can ask oh you know can tell me about mrs smith or if you called up a hospital and said hey how many of your patients had you know diffuse large b cell lymphoma last month they wouldn't necessarily know the answer to that they'd say oh that's that information is sort of like trapped in our notes um, and so what nlp software does is it reads and understands those notes extracts the data from it in a structured format stores that in databases or makes it available to use in, in some kind of way. And then it enables so many different applications, right? You Researchers can find just the cases they're looking for to build a cohort of something. Um, you know, hospitals get access to uh, better data for analytics and insights. Um, you know, physicians can have smart devices that they can ask questions to because now the sort of contents of the chart are known and understood. So it's a, a platform technology, a really foundational technology that uh, has the, through structuring the data, really has the ability to change how healthcare is practiced and delivered. 
Uh, and it was wondering if you could also explain sort of how is clinical documentation contributing to things like clinician burnout? For sure. So, I mean, I think the clinician burnout problem is, is very real. Uh, we're seeing now many physicians really starting to work kind of partial, you know, part-time and, and this sort of thing because so much of their time now is spent uh, on documentation. We have both a, a fiduciary requirement to our patients to produce documentation, but we also have legal and, and healthcare system requirements to produce very significant amounts of documentation with every patient encounter. And it's good that we're doing it, but it is very time consuming. And the healthcare system is getting busier and busier as um, you know, more and more patients with chronic healthcare conditions um, are, are, are coming forward and, and needing care. And um, as a result, physicians now sort of feel almost chained to their, you know, EHR system to produce huge amounts of documentation every day. And they stay very late and they come in early and they work through the lunch hour. And a lot of it is sort of, quote unquote, shuffling electronic paper, paper around um, in the form of documentation. So it, you know, it's it's wonderful that we have to we have to create documents. And we have to create good documents and readable documents. It's not acceptable for physicians just to like scribble illegible notes in, in their own charts anymore. Um, but uh, as a result of that, it, it's more time and more work. And so we need technologies that can you know help help us with our documentation, or help us just create the documentation in the way that's easiest for us, and then structure the data so that it can be used by others more easily. And, and that's what where sort of NLP enters the picture. Uh, and NLP obviously is pretty groundbreaking, but um, you know, how is it, uh, would you say that the technology is, is, is not well understood uh, at this point and sort of how it works and how it can help? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that it, you know, we see the misunderstanding almost go both ways. And, and what I mean by that is I think there's some people who say, oh, I used NLP in the 1980s and or in the 1990s or, you know, or even 10 years ago, and it wasn't very good. It was inaccurate. It didn't deal well with all the ambiguities in language. It was, you know, would tell me patients had diseases they didn't have and, and all this sort of thing. And so there's a lot of people who are like, you know, it's really just sort of like a research field. Um, and then there's other people who who learn a little bit about it and they they understand what the potential it has to offer and they tend to think of it as a black box that can do anything and and that's also not necessarily true there can be some very real real world limitations on what you can do with NLP um, no matter no matter how good anyone's solution is so um, I, I think that the market is becoming more and more aware of it and um, both the, the benefits and, and limitations of it and everyone's got a different use case for it, which is wonderful. It makes it really fun and exciting to, to run an NLP company because every, almost every time we talk to someone, we're like, wow, I didn't, I didn't think someone would want to use our software that way, but they do. That's amazing. Okay, let's do that. So it, it, it makes it pretty fun. So what needs to happen for NLP software to succeed in healthcare? I think we're really starting to see a massive ramp up of adoption of NLP software. So I think, I think part of it is is awareness um, and education about how it can be used. I think our, you know, maybe five years ago, a lot of people were saying, "Oh well, you know, how would how how would we use this in terms of how would 
you know, you connect NLP software to our, our EHR platform. And, and I think almost all of those piping kind of pipes and connections questions have, have gone away now. I, I think a lot of the, the, the work that we do now is on education, educating folks about the, the sort of benefits and limitations of NLP software and talking about exciting use cases with them. So every week um, we're very lucky we've got inbound, you know, uh, calls and folks contacting us to say, hey, can we can we do this new use case and, and can we use it for this? So we're really seeing it it ramp up. I think a lot of the connectivity issues have been solved. Um, and, and I think a lot of the security issues in healthcare are, are well understood. A lot of those are, are sort of now solved or solvable issues as well. Um, and so I, I think it's really just going to be the continued evolution and improvement of NLP software, which is going to enable more and more and more use cases. And, 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 oh, and adoption. I, well, I was just going to say, and adoption, right? With any new technology, I think the adoption curve is sort of, you know, early adopters and, and late adopters and things like that. I think that those adoption curves are well understood. So it does just take time. Um, and obviously, there's there's a lot of opportunities for, uh, you know, for the healthcare industry. Correct. What are what are some of the things that sort of, you know, if uh, medical NLP can kind of be adopted widely um, what are some of the things that it'll sort of help folks do for sure so we we you know where we're seeing people use it in in multiple industries so we're seeing um for example in clinical applications um one one thing that i think most physicians wish they could do right now is like effectively search their patient's chart mm -hmm. right you would want to know hey you know because it, it can be difficult sometimes communicating with patients um, everyone's memory is is fallible, and sometimes you just want to look something up in the chart. You know, does you know Mrs. X have hepatitis? And um, being able to do a search of the chart and not just keyword search, but actually a smart search where it knows if a disease is present or absent, something like that, is a great example of something that uh, you know when we show this to physicians that that we can enable this, uh, they get very excited about it. Other things like automated patient summaries, right? The, there's, while problemless are great things, there can be plenty of problems with them because they need to be sort of hand curated. Um, and it would be great rather than having to read, you know, the last three discharge summaries for a patient as you're getting to know them, to instead just see an automated patient summary of, of their diseases and their family history issues and, and things like that. So it would be, you know, it, that's another type of clinical application that we enable. You know, another sort of broad area where we can help uh, healthcare is in improving quality, safety, and efficiency of care. And so um, being able to have very rich clinical analytics about uh, how healthcare is being delivered inside any clinic or hospital or healthcare organization is really key. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, adverse events that can happen in hospitals which may be below reporting thresholds or, or don't get reported for whatever reason and being able to identify those and risk factors and inefficiencies in healthcare simply through being able to run effective searches on patient charts is really important setting up automated uh, systems for monitoring events in the healthcare setting is really important and another way AI helps people, or another way that NLP helps people is, is identifying cohorts of data for building AI models with. So whether it's a, a type of AI to detect patients at risk for something in the healthcare setting, or whether it's you know image analysis AI for something like pathology or radiology, 
um, NLP is is necessary and helpful for all of those things. Uh, and you mentioned the adoption curve. How long do you think it'll take for medical NLP to really make a significant difference in healthcare? Uh, we see, you know, people who are, are implementing our software today are are reaping immediate rewards. It it doesn't have to be, you, you know, there's a number of use cases that are, are quite mature um, for NLP. And it can it, you know, immediately transform operations in a in a healthcare setting, whether it's you know clinical or research or uh, development or um, you know a- analytics. The other, but I think in terms of a broader um, effect, when will it be sort of every day for most people? I think we're going to see it probably within the next five years as being widely deployed in most health systems. It's probably not going to be early in that five-year period. It's probably going to be later in that five-year period. But I'm certainly excited about the opportunity. I think once we get these tools into the hands of of, of caregivers everywhere, it's going to make it's going to make people's lives better and hopefully days shorter as well. Is there a learning curve where you know uh, if a clinician you know adopts this? Is it going to take them a while to kind of understand how to use it, or is it pretty easy to kind of pick up on? It, well, I think it's very easy to pick up on. It, the answer is it kind of depends on the on the implementation and what the use mm-hmm. case is. If it's something like search, I think everyone has used, you know, searching the web sure. now for 20 years. Um, so, you know, if you can type something into a web-based search box, then you can search a patient chart. Um, I, I think that you know, there's certainly some more advanced applications um, that may have a bit of a steeper learning curve. But I think for the the really basic clinical applications, when when we work with partners like EHR vendors, uh, they do such a great job implementing this in such an easy to use way uh, that you know it's the the benefit to clinicians is immediate and 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 they're always like, oh my gosh, like can can I have this? Can I have this now? Uh, this this changes my day. So. Um, you know, we're. I think a lot of folks right now are really good at creating very user-friendly apps. There's a lot of science and UI and UX, and and so I, I think it's going to be all pretty easy to use, Jeff. Um, has have IT companies catered to clinicians uh, with NLP software, or is it kind of something that they haven't really tapped into yet? Well, we we sort of see three three or four large you know, sort of areas in the healthcare market that um, can immediately benefit from NLP. And you know, one of those is, is payers. They have massive amounts of data um, and they want to use it. Another is hospitals and healthcare systems. Um, you know, they need it for analytics and clinical applications. And then uh, we're also seeing uh, technology companies who are making medical technology who are saying, you know what, if we integrated an NLP platform into our software, it could make our software better. And it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be radical or game-changing. It might just be doing something as simple as highlighting disease names in clinical notes when they're displayed to a physician. Or, you know, making searching through a patient's chart easy. It could just be like the simplest of applications. And um, so I think we're seeing a lot of technology companies go, hey, this software is, you know, you've made it 
at Intelligent, you've made it really easy to use. You've made it able to integrate into our platform. You've made it very developer friendly. And, you know, there's no real learning curve for us. You've got these sort of prepackaged application types that are ready to go and, and, and we can hit the ground running. So it's, it's more of a, not really a problem on the development side or the customer demand side. Often it can just be the usual things that are difficult, such as, you know, you know, marketing and release cycles and, and things mm -hmm. like that. So, um, you know, you were talking about sort of the next five years, you sort of see this becoming widespread. What do you see happening with medical NLP in the next, say, 10 to 20 years? What, what are some sort of future developments that, that may emerge once this is, uh, you know, kind of uh, widely adopted? Oh, I wish I knew, Jay. <laughs> I, <laughs> rich. I wish I knew. I mean, I think. Oh, what do you think? Uh, I mean, what do you I, hope I think, for? Um, I, I mean, I think that. I think that we're going to see some really advanced, I think we're starting to see some cool things in the marketplace today where, you know, physicians can, um, or clinicians of all type can do their job and then don't have to consciously create documentation as a separate step. I think that, and, and while some of that is speech recognition technology at work, actually using the data and making the data available and usable, that's, that's natural language processing. That's a, a different thing. And so I, I, think, I think NLP has a real role to play in um, making it so that creating, documenting every single thing that everyone does inside the healthcare environment doesn't have to happen anymore. And some of it can be automated. So I, I think that's one way. And I think the other way is, is NLP is a foundational and, and super important technology for identifying cohorts for creating AI models. For example, if you want to create an AI model that runs in your hospital environment to predict uh, patients at risk of, say, blood clots in their arms and legs post-surgery, um, you're going to want to get a whole bunch of training data out of your patient charts in order to create that model. And in order to really curate a really large and good high quality training set, you're gonna to wanna to use NLP software. So I think NLP will be uh, used in creating a lot of the really high quality AI models, deep learning models that people will be using in the healthcare environment, you know, five, 10, 20 years from now, and they'll be almost invisible to the end users. It will be that these models will predict things that are gonna happen in the healthcare environment like adverse events and uh, those adverse events won't happen anymore because they'll have been predicted and people will be alerted and action will be taken to prevent them from happening. So I think it it may not be a technology that even people are aware is being used, um, but it is going to be greatly contributing to how their work is done and, and how healthcare is delivered. Well, that sounds pretty great. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great. Oh, it's my pleasure, Jay. Thank you for having me on. All right. That wraps up episode 72 of PSQH, the podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope you join me next time. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at psqh.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Thanks again, and stay safe.